Thank you all for having uh, me up here and giving me the opportunity to preach. Um, I will say the first time I ever preached a sermon was in a small little church in Zimbabwe. And the pastor came up to me during the worship service and said, so you're going to preach today, right? So I had like 20 minutes to prepare a sermon. And that was like the first time I ever preached. So thankfully, Danny gave me much more time than just the worship service (laughs) to prepare. So I'm very, very excited to share with you. Um, As he mentioned, my husband, Trezor, and I, we live in Malawi, and that is where we live full-time. And we're going to get into that in a little bit more, but let's go ahead and let's just start. Um, We're going to pray and read the scripture. So Lord, I just thank you um, so much for the opportunity that you have given me to be up here. And Lord, I just ask that you really just open our minds to what you have for us in the spirit. And um, I just pray for revival and change and that you would just come down and be with us um, in this time and just really uh, show us what you would have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we um, are going to be studying Pentecost today, which is gonna be found in Acts 2, So let's go ahead and open our Bibles or phones or your beautiful blues to Acts 2. And we're going to read the story of Pentecost. Okay, so Acts 2, the coming of the Holy Spirit. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together. Wait, where we go? And they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished saying, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each one in our own language? Parthians and Medes, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya, belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? Then if we continue on through Acts 2, Peter has an incredible sermon just about who Jesus is. Um, But we're going to skip down towards the end. Um, For tonight, we're also going to go down to verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day, those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. So um, we live in Malawi. If you want to put the picture up, we'll show you where Malawi is because most people don't know. Um, So Malawi is this tiny little red country in like Eastern Africa, Eastern Southern Africa. And that's where I was sent in 2018. And I met my husband out there and we started our ministry. So my passion is working with vulnerable women 
and I started a sewing school working with local women who were in tough situations, and we teach them skills and sewing and business skills, and we also bring them the gospel and enable them to provide for their families. And Trezor's passion is farming, and so he works with farmers mainly on sustainable, eco-friendly farming, and he always says, we bring the gospel to the people where they're at. And Malawi is a very uh, agricultural country and almost everyone farms. So we bring it to them in the farm. And that's his passion. In 2021, God called us out of our nice, comfortable life in the capital city of Lilongwe into the village, into a very, very rural village called Milala. And he led us to a farm there and we bought a farm. So we could start training uh, people on our farm and also so I could build a sewing school. So over the past couple of years, we have built the farm and the sewing school as a ministry. If you want to put up the picture of our farm, I'll show you what our farm looks like. So this is our farm. Um, it's very much in the middle of nowhere. It's very rural. Uh, it's about two miles down a dirt road. So our closest road is two miles away. And it's an hour drive from there to the city. So we are very, very rural. And there's a few villages out there, which you can't see from this picture. But that's our school and our farm. And that's where we live. Malawi is one of the most incredible places I've ever been. And the landscapes are beautiful. Everyone wears bright colors. But the people are called the warm heart of Africa because they're just so welcoming and friendly and joyful. And you never meet someone that's not your friend, right? Like everyone's your friend. And it's just, it's an amazing group of people. But like most cultures, there's always a dark side, right? Every culture has a good side and a bad side. And for us, we walked into pretty much what we call enemy territory. Um, we're working with the Chewa people in the village of Milala, and it's pretty much what you would call an unreached people group. There's not really been any gospel presence. No one has really brought the gospel. And they are deeply, deeply involved in their local religion called the Guliwankulu. Now, the Guliwankulu started as a beautiful like cultural dance, but the enemy has taken it and twisted it and turned it into a very demonic um, expression. So the Guluwankulu originates in the graveyard. Everyone in the village gets initiated in the graveyard and you take on spirits. Literally, you take on spirits um, and that's part of their initiation. That's what their, that is what their religion teaches. So that's where we were. Um, God sent us into the middle of enemy territory to this group of people that had never had the gospel and were deeply involved in the demonic. And it was extremely hard. It was very, very dark. We faced a lot of physical challenges. Um, we didn't have electricity for several weeks before we could get some sort of electricity. We'd built a water system and built a water tower and one day it fell. The whole thing crashed and we lost our running water. So we had no running water. Um, we, had, we didn't have a real shower. We just had like an outdoor shower and that one fell down. So at one point we could only shower in the bush after dark because we didn't actually have a shower. So we faced a lot of physical challenges, but we also faced a lot of spiritual challenges. Our local staff were consistently involved in the Guluwankulu and also every village has a witch doctor. And so they frequently would show up to work late because they were at the witch doctor to help heal their son from this thing or that thing or whatever. And our housekeeper had a curse on her house, which curses are real. Um, I know here we say curse, we think haunted mansion, but 
is not that case. Um, curses are real. They're real things. And we had to just try to figure out, was it she actually have a curse? Like, do we need to break this in the name of Jesus? Or was there just mold in her house that was killing people? Like, where, where is the balance here? So we were surrounded by spiritual darkness. And we were the only ones. It was just the two of us and the gospel. And it was hard. It was very, very hard. And I had a really hard time to believe who God was out there. It was easy for me to see the darkness and not remember the light that lived inside of me. I knew who God was. I've seen God work. But when we were living day after day, surrounded by this darkness, I had a hard time remembering and believing who God was. And when we left Malawi to come here, I was in a really dark space because I had forgotten who God was and who the Holy Spirit was inside of me. And I needed a reminder and I needed that revival of true personal intimacy. I needed that reminder of who the Holy Spirit was because I was struggling. I love what we get to see in Acts 2, right? Like these disciples are in the upper room. All of these people knew Jesus. They had a relationship with Jesus first and the Holy Spirit filled them and came upon them before it sent them out. We cannot be sent out if we aren't first filled with the Holy Spirit ourselves. And when we end up like we were, sent into a really dark place and we lost sight of who God was, we were trying to pour from an empty cup and it wasn't working. Personal intimacy with God was essential. They knew Jesus personally and we get to know Jesus spiritually because he's not walking on the earth anymore. Um, But they knew Jesus first before they got filled with the Holy Spirit and sent out. And we have to know Jesus intimately ourselves. There has to be a personal relationship with him for us to be able to be sent out. Because revival on mission is the responsibility of the spirit, right? I'm not responsible for what happens in Milala as much as I sometimes try to take on that responsibility. That's not my responsibility. My responsibility is what happens in my own heart and God is responsible for them in their revival. And I needed that reminder and I needed to come back to the heart of who God was and who the Holy Spirit was in order to be sent out first. And I grew up here in America, like I feel like a lot of us um, did. And the church that I grew up in kind of had this view that what God did in the Bible was really cool, but we don't really talk about it today. And the Holy Spirit was kind of seen as like this add-on to Jesus. Like it was like the watered down, added on version. You had God the Father, you had God the Son, And then there's this God, the Holy Spirit over here that you get when you know Jesus. And it just, that's kind of what it was, right? We talked a lot about God, the Father who made the heavens and the earth. And we talk about God, the Son who died for us. And then there's the Holy Spirit. And it just was not, it wasn't taught as the power of who God was living inside of us. It's just more the add-on to Jesus. And when you come to know Jesus, then you get the Holy Spirit. And that's just kind of what happens. And y'all, If you do not know Jesus today, if you are here and you don't know Jesus, then please, like if you are curious and you want to know what it's like to know who Jesus is and be filled with the Holy Spirit, like come talk to me or Danny or any of the blue shirts because a lot of the things we're talking about today make sense if you know Jesus, but it might be kind of confusing if you don't. So when we accept Jesus into our hearts, we get filled with the Holy Spirit and that doesn't leave and it doesn't change, but we can forget who lives inside of us, especially when the situations we're in seem really dark. 
that the same Holy Spirit that we have in the Bible is the same Holy Spirit that exists today. And the God who did these incredible things is not just doing things in the ancient world. Like he does them today too. And the same God who did that then is living inside of you. So there was a couple years ago, probably like 2018, so several years ago now, we were in a small village in Malawi and we were talking to the people in the village. We were meeting with the chief and it was like mainly a Muslim village. So we were kind of bringing in the gospel and just like talking to people and we were out with our missions team. And this man comes up and he was like, he had a cane and he had a really bad snake bite. Like his leg was lame and he had an infected wound and he couldn't walk. And he was like lame and hobbling with his cane. And he came up to us and he was like, I need help. Well, we're in the middle of Malawi, which is like hours from any sort of a doctor. So we're like, well, we can pray for you, right? Like that's what we got. We'll pray for you. So we laid hands on him and prayed. And beneath our hands, his snake wound started to heal and his skin knit itself back together. And he stood up and set down his cane and walked away on a completely healed leg. And this was not something that just happened in the Bible. This happened a few years ago in a village in Malawi because the same God who did the things in the Bible gave you the Holy Spirit and is the same God who lives inside of you today. So we had to go through six months of like missionary training before we could uh, work with the organization that we work with. One of my teachers there told us a story of a time that he was working in China and he was preaching to a group of pastors of the underground church. And at that point, they got raided by the police and the police knocked on the doors and commanded them to open up. And he tells that he was standing in front of them, just like, I'm standing in front of you all today. And before his eyes, they disappeared. Every one of them was gone and back in their own homes. And by the time the police made it in the door, the only person standing in the room was the American pastor. And the Chinese pastors had been spirited away by the Holy Spirit and put in their own homes. And this happened, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. This is not things that are happening only in the Bible. I know later in Acts, we see that God moved Philip from one place to the other, but he does it now because the same God that did that then is living inside of you today. Okay, one more story. So <laughs> there was also one time when we were building our farm that we build with mud and water um, bricks, basically. And it works great because they dry in the rain and they, they dry in the sun, they get rock hard. And then we plaster them and put a roof on them. So they're safe in the rain once you like plaster and put a roof on them but we all have built sandcastles. We know what happens with mud and water. So if it rains when you're building your walls, not a good situation. So there was one day we hadn't gotten a roof on yet. We were just doing the timbers for the roof. So we were close, but we weren't there. And our walls had not been plastered. So we just have mud walls and the rain was coming and we could see it on our phone. I saw the radar, I could see the clouds. Like we knew the rain was coming and we knew this was not a good situation. But you know what? The God who controls the wind and the rain is also the same God who lives inside of us. And if Jesus can control the wind and the rain, then we can ask God to do the same. And we stood there and we're like, okay, Lord, you know we need a house, we need a school. You know this can't fall. And so in the name of Jesus, we are commanding this rain to not touch our property. And I will tell you that day, everyone around us, 
Every one of our neighbors got rain. Every village around us got rain. Everywhere but the boundaries of our property, it rained. If that's not God, what is it, right? That's not normal. That doesn't happen. (laughs) But God did it. God did it because we were filled with the Holy Spirit and we prayed and he did it and he works. And the same God who did it in the Bible can do it today. And that same God lives inside of you. So what do we do with this? I struggled in Malawi because I lost sight of the power of the Holy Spirit. And I love this chapter. If we look in Acts, the disciples were in the upper room. They got filled with the Holy Spirit and then God sent them out the front door. Eventually, down the road, he sent them to Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. But right now he sent them out the front door. He didn't send them to the world. They walked outside and started speaking to the people around them. So what would would that look like? What would that look like in our community? We don't have to go to Africa. I am thankful I did get to go to Africa and Africa is our home and hopefully one day we'll get to go back, but you don't have to go to Africa. Not everyone has to go to Africa. You just have to go out your front door and you have to step out your front door knowing that if you have a relationship with Jesus, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And the same Holy Spirit that put tongues of fire on the disciples' heads, again, like, when does that happen? How do you put fire on someone's head? Like, God things. The same Holy Spirit is with you as you step out your front door, as you follow in this line of Pentecost, as you follow what they did, and you walk out your front door, and that's where God's gonna use you. It doesn't have to be Africa. It can be your neighborhood in Windermere. It can be your location at Disney World. It can be anywhere that you step out your front door. Because I'm pretty sure we all left the front door to come here today. So we all can do that. (laughs) We all have experiences doing that. And that's what the disciples did. They allowed God to revive their hearts. They allowed him to come into who they were, to come into their lives, to fill them with the Holy Spirit. And they stepped out their front door. And that's what we see in Pentecost. And if God calls you to the nations across the world, that's amazing. But ultimately, he's calling you to step out your front door first. And that's where he's going to use you. Because it doesn't matter if you get called to Africa or just Disney World. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we can plant seeds. We can be a light in dark places if we are just willing to step out our front door. And if we look at Acts... I should have been marking. If we look at the end of Acts 2, the last section of verses that we read... It talks about how they were, sorry, God was adding to their number every day. And they had all these things in common. They were selling their possessions. They were attending the temple and breaking bread and praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And that happened because they had open hearts. God filled them with the Holy Spirit and they were able to walk outside and, read and talk to the people right there, right around them. Y'all, it is exciting to think about what God could do if there is revival in Malawi, if there is revival in Milala, in this village that is just entrenched in dark places and in the demonic, what could God do there? And it's exciting to think about. But it's even more exciting to think about what if every one of us took on that reminder of who we are in Christ, that the darkness cannot overcome us, that the power that 
raised people from the dead. I mean, I know people have seen people raised from the dead. It happens that the power that raises people from the dead that can, that can calm the storms, that can heal people, that power, that God loves you and lives in you. And when you walk out your front door with that knowledge and that reminder, what is this world gonna look like for Jesus? What is Disney world gonna look like for Jesus? What is your neighborhood, your village, your village, <laughs> your neighborhood, your city, <laughs> your family, your siblings, your roommates, your, what is that gonna look like for Jesus when we remember who we are in him and how we are filled with the Holy Spirit and we step out our front door. So that's what I wanna leave you with tonight is just remember this chapter in Acts. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and every one of us who knows Jesus is also filled with the Holy Spirit. And if we allow ourselves to open our hearts, remember who we are and step out our front door, he can do amazing things in us and in our communities and in the nations beyond us. So let's pray. Lord, I am so thankful for the opportunity that we have to stand up here today and just talk about your word and talk about your spirit. And Lord, I just ask that every one of these people is just filled with you and filled with the Holy Spirit and that they just walk out their door tomorrow knowing who they are as your child and the power that you have given them and that the gates of hell cannot overcome them and that the darkness cannot overcome them, but they are gonna be your light to Disney World, to their neighborhoods and beyond. And God, I just pray your blessings um, over them as they step out and just a reminder of who they are. I thank you in Jesus' name, amen.